and that really resonated with me the first time you said it. It's like the the science catching up to the practice. I, I was making a joke to my husband, kind of not. I was I was upset. I'm like, you know what? They were prescribing cigarettes for asthma up until mm-hmm. I don't even know. I think the 40s or 50s, right? Like doctors don't have all the answers, but sometimes they want to pretend like they do. And it's harming to people like us who don't trust our intuition because we weren't taught to. We don't trust our decisions because we weren't taught to. Hello there, beautiful soul. My name is Christina Bentel, your guide on this transformative journey with the Awaken Mom Life podcast, where we are rewriting the script on healing from trauma. I have 15 years of experience in personal growth and psychology, and I'm currently pursuing my master's in neuroscience and trauma. And joining me is my insightful co-host, Savannah Miller, with almost two decades of healing experience in all things holistic health and experience in somatic healing. We're not just talking about healing, we're living it. Join us as we explore the magic of what it's like to have true support and acceptance from each other, and what it does for our business and our personal lives. We chat about everything from those intense emotional outbursts, mental health, breaking generational trauma, to parental estrangement, and everything in between, all while offering you practical tips, real stories, and a healthy dose of inspiration. All right, welcome back to another podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about somatic healing and some of the things that have really helped us in our journey. Mm-hmm. So Savannah, this is a juicy one, which I'm I'm actually really excited about, especially because of your background, which by the way, why don't you go ahead and, and tell a little bit about your background? Because I think it's really valuable in the sense of your journey and especially how it relates to somatic healing and what it is and how you have explored it. Yeah. I've been on a healing journey, I'd say literally since I was a young teenager. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was always seeking like how to, I was very much, how can I change? What what can I do differently? How can I make my life better? Through the years, there has been lots of therapy, talking to therapists, CBT, right? That kind of thing. And I've also tried a lot of different things. I tried meditation. I I tried different somatic things that I, I hated meditation, by the way, yeah. because I just couldn't focus. So I'm like, this is work. And also for fibromyalgia, so my body's uncomfortable a lot. So it's just like really hard. A couple of years ago, maybe not even, maybe it's like a year ago now, actually. Yeah. yeah. I came across, thanks to the algorithm gods, probably, um, (laughs) something on Instagram that caught my eye. And it was Josh Conley talking about breath work for emotional release. And probably what caught me was emotional release. Because I knew I had a lot of emotions. I had so much sadness and grief. And also, like, anger. I knew I was, I could feel that bubbling anger. And so I thought, oh, God, another, like, breathing thing that doesn't do anything. But you know what? Out of curiosity and just knowing that like trying different things has led me to some success, I decided to go ahead and like, okay, I'll sign up for it. I'll try it, whatever. So I signed up for it. It was a free breath work and did not know what to expect at all. Had no clue. Didn't do any research about it, which is so unlike me. Pinged me like, hey, it's time, like in one hour. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll do it. Showed up. I did the breath work. It was nothing like I had ever done before. It's called conscious connective breath work. It's literally just breathing. And it's intense, right? It's not just ah, like zen kind of thing. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's intense. <laughs> you, you take you take a deep breath. You breathe down into your belly, and you feel your belly fill up. And then they ask you to top it off in your chest, like push any more extra air you can into the very top of your lungs, and then just to let it naturally fall out. And then immediately you go back into the next breath. I did. I started doing this, and I mean, I'm not five minutes into it, I start falling. I, I didn't know why. I didn't know what was happening. I heard him say, oh, yeah, like you can experience intense emotions. Like when we started, didn't expect intense emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I was like, but yeah, that right. works for other people. It's not going to work for me. That stuff doesn't work for me. Right. It's really hard for me to feel my feelings. I knew that I had gotten that. Mm-hmm. 
it's just our crying. But the great part of it is that we just keep going. We keep breathing. There is no yeah. time for me to lean into that intellectualization that I love to, to internalize it. What you talked about, yeah. right? Like internalizing yeah. is like figuring it out and piecing it out. You just have to feel it. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't think about my feelings. I had to feel my feelings. There was no time to do anything else because of the way the breath worked. So I just kept crying and I just kept feeling and I just kept listening to my facilitator. I listened to Josh hearing what he's saying. And his work really centers around inner child work and mm. self-compassion. Which is huge, huge, huge for when you have trauma, especially childhood trauma, right? Those are the things, the things I was missing, the pieces that I could not do. I truly believe for so many of us, that that's the underlying core that's kind of missing, but also doing it in a way that's effective with breath work, with somatic healing, with all of those things. So it's kind of like once you figure that out and you start to get into that process, it's like magic starts to happen, right? When you start mm -hmm. crying and releasing and all of a sudden you're like, where did this come from? I didn't even know these emotions were buried down here. Did not know. That's what's causing a lot of the pain and the grief on the surface it's all that stuff that's buried inside that we just, our body is, is holding on to so tightly. And that's the beauty that I love about breath work and somatic healing forces your body, it forces your nervous system to release. That's the beautiful thing about breath work. What you're doing is you're overloading your system in a good way, creating space in a way that forces your body to be like, I've got to get rid of some stuff to, to be able to keep doing this. You it's actually go into like a different, you're into a different space in your brain and it's so, you're, it's so oxygenated. The things that are deep down are just floating up to the top and spilling out. But yeah. it's kind of like you've just got a bucket and you're pouring out the water. Yeah. It, and that's where I try to explain to people, you don't have to talk about the trauma. No. Most of it is just energy. It's just, it's, it's trapped energy that is in your body at a cellular level, like your body's repeating these processes and there's so much science behind it. But it's like, imagine your bucket is overflowing right now with emotions and energy. Your body has a threshold of what it can stand. Yeah. You've got to pour some of it out. Talking doesn't necessarily do that. We <laughs> figure that out. Right. Breath work is like you're just taking the bucket and you're pouring some of the, the water out. And then once it's gone, it's gone. And of course, you have to do the other tools like reprogramming your thoughts and your beliefs, which we do in the program. Yeah. So this is part of what we teach in the Mindful Evolution program. And a lot yeah. of this is the work that we do. You exactly. work on the breath work and somatic healing, and then you come in and then you reprogram thoughts and beliefs because you can't do that when your bucket's overflowing. You can't. You can't. Because you cannot. Yeah. are in survival and it's using all of its energy to digest your food, to make sure you go to sleep and to process and to heal so then when you're like okay i'm gonna try to learn <laughs> and your brain and your body are overwhelmed there's nowhere for it to go creating that space with somatic healing allows you to absorb some more things so you can learn and grow and you can use the tools i think that this is common too with people who have lived in survival mode through their childhoods is yes. that they had to stay alert all of the time yeah. in order to survive. And I don't mean just survive. Are they going to stay alive literally? But I mean like emotionally too, feeling safe. If there was no safe space created for them and their families, which I, this is so simple for me now to understand this, there, there was no safe place to land. Yeah. There was no safe space for me to go when I was scared, when I was upset. There was nothing like that. Not having that kept me in survival mode all of the time. And I know that our listeners are going to identify with that because that's the basic problem. And if you never learned that, 
as a child. If it was provided, it should be provided for you. Children aren't supposed to have to make safe spaces for themselves. They don't know how to learn how to do this. You don't just do this because you grew up and you became an adult. You don't inherently learn how to do it in any way. It's provided for you by your parents or you don't have it. And so if you don't have it and you're people like us, you are taking extreme responsibility to learn it. Yeah, that's really important to know and understand too. As a child, there are small things that can make you feel unsafe. And again, it, this, there's a lot of science behind this too, but it's if you're dismissed, if you're invalidated, you're told that you're too sensitive. And sometimes we'd be like, well, I don't have trauma because mine wasn't that bad. And you, we've got trolls online that want to say that this isn't abuse, but it is because when you're invalidated and you're dismissed, what's happening is your emotions aren't being supported. You don't feel safe. And when you don't feel safe, you become hypervigilant. Your nervous system starts to react and think like, okay, well, how do I accommodate your feelings? Because mm-hmm. I don't feel safe. So when a parent gets angry and you think I can't be angry, I have to stay calm as a child to make sure that you're okay because if I make you angry then I get more scared and I don't know what to do about that that's traumatizing and that's difficult and when you take that into adulthood you become an adult who is repeating those dynamics in all of your relationships so for example I struggled with bosses for a long time and I couldn't understand why and it was because I was trying to read their minds I was trying to please them I was trying to make sure that they were always okay and I would never express my emotions I would shove them down and then that creates a lot of pain and then what's happening is your nervous system is constantly on high alert thinking like okay this person at the grocery store am I um am I standing too close to them am I going to make them upset the cashier like did I not say thank you or am I not smiling <laughs> enough to make sure that they're okay that's uh, you're in my brain it feels like you're in my brain right now <laughs> <laughs> that so when someone's like that's not damaging and that's not toxic live in my brain for a day and I'll tell you how hyper alert I am like Yes, it is. A child needs to feel safe because their brain develops when, as a child, we know brain is developing, right? When you don't feel safe, that part of your brain that is on high alert, it gets bigger. So then you become an adult who who never feels safe. And then you start to build a life of trauma, making decisions based on all of that. And then you get to a point where you don't even recognize that that's the problem. Oh, no, you don't. You have no clue. You don't. We know something's wrong. Know what it is. You're depressed. Um, You're anxious. You can't sleep. You're tired all the time. You're burnt out. I always felt like alien. Like I'm like felt like I didn't belong and no one understood. And I just felt and I I couldn't pinpoint what it was. It was always like I was chasing the next thing, like chasing a career, chasing like a brand new car, buying things, material, all of these things to try to fill that gap of like what is it? You know what it was? It's me it's you it's your authenticity it's that safety that safe space inside of you and I'm getting chills talking about it because that is so profound that when you don't have it it's yeah it's nobody deserves to feel that way and again we talked about this in the last episode but like you deserve to feel safe you deserve to feel validated and loved and supported and if you didn't get that as a child and you don't recognize that you had that trauma as a child it's hard to recognize that as an adult but I think that's the beautiful thing with somatics you can teach your body to do it now it's a little harder because you didn't learn it but you can help take care of that inner child and you can help to heal your inner child 
so that you can start to get back to who you are and feel safe in your body and you can mm-hmm. feel that safety and give it to yourself. Yeah, I I am with you on that. I I knew you know what my secret was, Christina? I felt like there was something inherently wrong with me. Oh, yeah. 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 Could it make life work? Yes. I was I just felt like there was something broken inside of me and my job was to find out what that thing was and to fix it. Fix it. Was I too lazy? Was I not responsible enough? I mean, it was always negative things. Selfish. I was always told I was selfish. Anytime yeah. I express my emotions, I don't work hard enough. Yeah, I was too emotional. All these things. And I would try really hard not to be all those things. So none of that works. So don't try any of that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that you're right. This is the basis of healing. These are the building blocks. You don't feel safe inside, inside your body, inside yourself, inside your mind. You have to learn to create that safety. And so that's what you're learning in breath work. That's what I teach. It come home to yourself. I teach you how to create these safe spaces. I I create them for you, first of all, and bring you into them. And I let you experience them in your own body. You make that space inside of your own body. And then you're able to realize, hey, I can do this. You can do that magic anytime you want or anytime you can tap into it. Practice makes progress. Not perfect. Just make some progress. And so... You create that safe space and yeah, and you get down to the, 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 the nuts and bolts are that, that little person that was not given that safe space, they're still inside of you and they still need that safe space. And you're still asking way too much from them, still not bringing them up. They don't have a home, a safety and they need that. And so it's, it seems like sometimes I remember when that seemed woo woo to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like what? Well, yeah. <laughs> what? How? No. no. Right. And you know what's cool is that I didn't. I went into like, somatic healing, went into breath work. Yeah, I, I kind of think this inner child. You know, I I would read the body keeps the score, so I had some understanding of it. I couldn't approach my inner child. I couldn't talk to her. I couldn't be with her I, because there was no safe space. I didn't know how. I didn't. I didn't know how to get down to that level of authentic self, and that. But even if I did, I didn't know how to take care of her and how to give her what she needed yet. And so that's what somatics has done for me is be able to care for that inner child. And really it helps so much when we view, okay, you know how we can have compassion for other people, but it's hard for us to have compassion for ourselves. So when I literally visualize myself as a five-year-old and I see her, what she looks like and her hair and her body and her clothes and her surroundings and her home and everything. And I think about what she needs and I'm her mother, Mm -hmm. the inner child work. What would I give her? What would I say to her? What would I do for her? How do I want her to feel? And so I'm creating that conversation sometimes just in my mind subconsciously while I do breath work. We do it during breath work. We do it at the end. We do conscious connective breathing 20 so minutes. And in that space, you will, the breath will take you wherever you need to go. Don't force it. I think that's a huge piece too. It will take you where you need to go. And that can be difficult because we like to control things sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's the value of breath work too, is because it helps you release some of that control. Whereas you had mentioned before meditation for a lot of people that have trauma, meditation is really difficult because that part of our brain didn't develop properly as a child. So yeah. it's not that it's not something that will never come to you, but it's kind of like, if you start with that, you might be setting yourself up for failure and be like, ah, that it doesn't work. I'm never going to try it again. And that's part of what we teach in the program too, is, is finding what works for you and keep evolving it 
so you can create more space because that's the value of breath work for trauma survivors is the fact that it kind of forces you to let go in a way, which is what we need because of the way our brain and our body operates. It helps you heal that part. So you create the neuroplasticity of repeating that pattern and that behavior. And then you can start to learn how to do meditation and do it. And it feels good instead of it feeling like this, I'm done. I don't want to do this because it's frustrating. You know, like a anxious. failure, feel angry yes. at yourself. You feel like you're, there's something inherently wrong with you. Yeah, I like that. So what I think it does is it creates a link in the chain that you're missing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday too. And I think it's important to mention is the fact that so often I hear people that are very definitive, black and white about like, this is the solution that you need. And I never want to be that person, but I want to say like, here's a tool basket. There are mm -hmm. all kinds of things that can fill in the link to your point. And this is one mm -hmm. that can fill in the link. You might need different links. And that was part of why I started building Awaken Mom Life is because I had to go out and manually find all of these different things. And once I started to recognize it, right. it can be this hard to bring all of this together and kind of say, here's your toolbox. These are the yeah. tools that you can use and you can pull from. And you find the tool that works for you right now and know that if it doesn't work, that's okay. Right. But you can come back to it later and it might work. So, right. So I, I love that about Awaken Mom Life because here I was doing all this research. I was doing all this self-help. I was doing therapy. <laughs> right. I was reading 500 page books about how the body keeps the score, which teaches you a lot of information. But then, okay, so now I have information. Now I have someone to help me. I have a therapist. Jill don't have all the tools. I literally need guided breath work. I literally need, I need to be able to literally calm down and feel my body. I need, I actually need to listen to somebody telling me to do that. Being reminded, but it's also the accountability piece, like the check-ins of what are your wins this week? What, what are you struggling with this week? What do you need support with this week? But then it's also, I think you go into it and I'll even go in and watch some of my things. Wow. It hits differently each time. Mm -hmm. And it's funny when I watch my own videos, I'm like, good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> I need because, that reminder today, not yeah, top of mind. That. And that's, I think, the problem when you're constantly reading books and all of these things like I was doing too, it's you've got a lot of information and a lot of the information that's out there, especially about trauma, is for providers because most providers are not trauma informed. <laughs> so like they're even yeah. being newly educated. So you've got a lot of information that's probably not even applicable and it's coming at you from a direction that's you're not the target audience. And that's when right. I started building this. I wanted it to make it easier for people to find the answers instead of struggling for years and years and years like we did. Yeah, I, I love that the tools are accessible. So I know that in a moment, if I'm having, I need to do a little reset, I need to ground myself, I'm feeling starting that anxiety is coming. And you know, I don't have an hour to do a full blown breath work, or I don't have the space to cry and feel that safe. I can go into Awaken Mom Life and I can select from the somatic library and I have my favorite that I already like that I'm addicted to and I can listen to a visualization I can breathe and I can reset in 15 minutes and that's the best part of you know busy moms like we need 15 minute we sometimes that's all we have to take care of ourselves little 15 minute pocket but we need more than that too come home to yourself what I love about that is it's like a date with yourself where you get to spend a whole hour in a safe space that we create together, we co-create, you get to take care of yourself and nourish yourself there. And you get to come to that and you get to expect that and you get to realize, hey, I come to this space because I know I love myself and I need this. 
And I deserve this. And so that's a good habit to establish for people like us because we, we're not in the habit of that. We don't know that. We weren't inherently taught that. And so we have to make that a routine for us. And, and we have to keep at it and make progress. That belief yeah. system has changes. When, when you do that, when you meet with other survivors, not only yes. do you create all those spaces for yourself, you also love about other survivors coming together is that you're able to feel safe there. That's the first time I sat there and I thought, I looked around at all these people sharing their stories. And I thought to myself, these are good people. These are people that are precious people. And they they obviously want to get better. They're not blaming their life on anyone else. They're not making excuses. They're not trying to take the easy way out. That's not why they've become, some of them were estranged for their families. Obviously, I, I looked at so many of these people sharing their stories and I thought, no, these people are just really trying to take responsibility for their life. Wow. And yeah. And when I had that compassion for them, yes, that turned inward. And I was able to find that compassion for myself in a way that I'd never been able to do before. Like even in therapy, doing doing homework and therapy and doing exercises and therapy. See, because who you associate with, who you spend time with, <laughs> it becomes part of you, right? When you spend time with other people who are learning to love themselves and who you see as beautiful beyond beyond the, the issues that are going on in their life, you see them as beautiful. You're like, you see, they're, they're true. Yeah. And you're like, I'm one of these people. I'm right. a beautiful person. I deserve to be happy. I'm a, my authentic self is good and decent. I am enough. That is like that community, the somatic yeah. element, the inner child element. For me, those are my top three things. That's what we're basically talking about today. Like what has moved the scale for us in our healing journey? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Savannah, Thinking about it when you were saying that being surrounded by other survivors and seeing that self-compassion, that was a hard one for me too. Agreed. Same thing, years of therapy, all of these things. I want to say it's probably only been about the last year when I finally was able to break through with that. I mm -hmm. genuinely inherently felt like a terrible person, not just like a bad person, like a disgusting human being that wasn't worth living and, and breathing air. That's how deeply, deeply it, it makes me sad to think how could a child learn to, to hate themselves so deeply. And that's what happens in different varying degrees of trauma. It's one thing I always say. It's a scale from being dismissed and your emotions are completely just ignored to yeah. severe trauma and everything in between. So like, don't compare your trauma. Right. And for a long time, I felt like, well, mine wasn't bad enough, so I'm not justified. But then when I started to really understand how I felt about myself and to really understand that I felt like a terrible human being. And then I started to think about it logically and like there's there there's no justification for that. I'm constantly thinking about other people. I don't express my emotions, so I'm not making people upset. Like I constantly giving to a detriment. Mm -hmm. I all of these things. Like none of these are bad qualities. No way, shape, or form am I a bad person. I've probably never done anything like terrible in my life to qualify me as a bad person. Yeah, and then once I started being around other people where, like, where I could see the commonalities and I could, we would share the stories and the pain. And even with you, right? When we would share things and, and I see myself in your story and I'm like, you're an amazing person. 
how could you ever think otherwise? And that's when I started turning it back, like, I am a good person, good person. And that's when I kind of really started digging into the inner child. I think once I started to see that, then I started to think, oh my gosh, that poor little girl, like she needs a hug and I want to give it to her. Yes. And that was kind of my journey where I started to finally have some self-compassion. And that's when I was able to kind of get into my inner child and kind of just love her and hug her and just be there for her. Yeah, that's been huge. Community for me is, it's, it's definitely in the top three. The community, the <laughs> systematics and healing my, the biology of my trauma has been profound. Even just this past week, I have a neurological disability, which is caused by my trauma, like my nervous system being on high alert for so long that my brain just kind of glitched (laughs) and said, I'm not sure I can do this anymore. In my brain saying like, I need a break. I can't do this anymore. These bodies different. Anything. My body got to the point where I was in some toxic family dynamics still that I didn't know if I could get away from. But when I finally did, and I finally gave myself that space to heal, I started to build the community of people that I wanted to be around, which was difficult because I didn't know how to do it. But I started doing it. And once all of that started, it was it was just like magic coming together. And I, we mentioned it yeah. here, right? So it's like those missing links, found the missing links that I had needed. And then as soon as I found that, I'm like, okay, I got to put these together for other people because this should not be this hard for other people. And once I figured it, I'm like, really? Like this should not be this hard. I feel just blessed even just sitting here talking about it because it's just, that's how game-changing it has been. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. And I think that I can understand why it, it is hard to put those pieces together because you think about it from society point of view, where can you, where are you going to go that is going to teach you somatically how to be safe? Okay. So you got to have that. Where are you going to go where you're going to get a community of like-minded people and that know how to heal from this? Of course, like inner child work I did do with my therapist, but the other two things that's really hard to create in that space in my therapy was mostly CBT. So we're just talking, talking, and talking. And talking, talking, talking is just a way for me to not feel the feelings. And I didn't even know I was doing that. That's what you do in therapy is talk, right? Right. Those aren't trauma-informed. Unfortunately, sometimes it's reinforcing the trauma patterns. And trauma-informed therapists, that they do know the difference, right? That some of us are just, that is actually causing us to go back into our trauma, not be in our body. And they're create, they're helping us to create spaces. But that is just now starting to be more understood. And it takes a long time for practice to catch up with the science of what is and isn't working. I think about it realistically. How are they going to create those spaces? I do remember creating a space like that in an exercise with my therapist. I did once, maybe twice. And I'm like, wow, if we had done that every week or every other week, where would that have got me? I think that the amazing thing is that there are people out there, people like us, people like Josh Conley, who are creating these spaces and teaching people that there are things they're not getting at therapy, but that science tells us is the best way to heal from childhood trauma and and toxic parents. And that really resonated with me the first time you said it. It's like the the science catching up to the practice. I I was making a joke to my husband, kind of not. I was I was upset. I'm like, you know what? They were prescribing cigarettes for asthma up until mm. I don't even know. I'm, I think the 40s or 50s, right? Like doctors don't have all the answers, but sometimes they want to pretend like they do. And it's harming to people like us who don't trust our intuition because we weren't taught to. We don't trust our decisions because we weren't taught to. 
And it's it's so many trauma survivors are slipping through the cracks because of that. I'm like, doctors don't have all the answers. They make mistakes. That's why I decided to go back to get my master's degree because I wanted to be able to be able to get out there more. When you finally figure out, okay, the science is out there. If you go find it, there's research yeah. available, but people, there's not enough people that are reading it and it's not as widespread as it needs to be yet. It's slowly starting to come out, but it's just, it's just not there yet. So like if you're a therapist, how do you create a way to provide your clients with these things that we're, we're talking about, these building blocks. Like, think about it. In therapy, how are you going to do that? Yeah. Is, is insurance going to cover that? Uh, you know, so they, that's, they have so many blocks. Why they're not yet implementing this is because there's not a real, I feel like there's not a real good system to do it yet. There's not. Yeah. yeah. So I actually talked to my therapist about uh, this, right? Like, I, I still go to therapy. I do EMDR therapy. I've talked to her a handful of times. And She's always fascinated by it. And I think part of that is because like what I can do, what we can do, like in the program and the weekend mom life in the community that we're building, it's not something that you can really do in therapy. And and one reason I talk about this with people is that you go to therapy once a week. What happens in in between when you need extra support or you're having a meltdown and you're like, wait, what was that tool? How do you remind me of do this again? Right. You don't have anywhere to go. And I, I want to say this too. I'm not opposed. I think it's great. Obviously, no, no. therapy. I me think too. it's one of the links, right? It's yes, one of yes, the 100%. links. That so often we think, especially with trauma, well, this is it. Therapy and medication. We think that that's the solution when there's so many more things. And that's what I wanted to build here. Here, here's your toolbox. And here's how if you're having a bad day and you need somewhere to come and you're in between therapy sessions, you can yeah. come here. Yeah, it's it's just one of the tools. I totally agree with you. I and I think it works in conjunctions. We we take all the tools that we have, we put them together and we get the best outcome. Yeah. And then you have the support of others that can kind of help just amplify it. So mm -hmm. before we wrap up, I wanna give some clarity around the programs and things. You lead program for breath work and then program for the mindful evolution and stuff that I've built, but we come together. Talk a, a little bit about what you do in the program, because I think important and then understanding it for mindful evolution kind of comes in and connects the dot. Yeah. So come home to yourself as a six week program. We're going to meet together once a week on Zoom live and there's participation is encouraged. It's not necessary, but you're, you're able to share like your wins or maybe where you had trouble or just your just self-discovery. And every week we have a theme that basically we're, we're traveling. Our goal is to champion our inner child. And we're going to use breath work as a somatic therapy to help us to release our feelings, release our deep emotions so we can create space for ourselves and to do the work it takes to champion our inner child and to, to have a real self-compassion and love. And so each week we have assignment. Some people can't keep up with the assignment. Some people, they can, it's easy. And some people choose to do some of the assignments later, which is fine. But showing up to the breath work every week, being in that group together is magical. It's a magical space and the somatic therapy you do there is magical. So even if you feel like, hey, I can't do the homework part, like that's okay. I'm, that's not necessary. You're still gonna benefit, huge benefit. And at the end, you champion your inner child and you walk away with the tools you need to continue to pull back the layers of the onion and to become your authentic self. 
Yeah. And I think the beautiful thing about that is, it's, like I said, it's kind of, I don't know why I have this visualization of like the breath work, like slamming open the doors and you're kind of like, I am ready yeah. for this. And it, it really just, you're opening the door to so much possibility. And then with the mindful evolution program, and we teach you the underlying science, you don't have space right now. And you're like, I need to create some space first. Breath work can help. And then during your program, and then you come into mindful evolution and it's kind of like all the other tools. Here's the rest of your tool basket. You're going to learn about the science of well, why do I keep doing the same thing over and over, even when mm-hmm. it hurts? And they're micro lessons, less than 15 minutes, like 10 or five minutes. You learn about the science of healing your body. You learn the holistic trauma reset, which is reconnecting with your body, why it's important, why it's important to create that safe space, how you do it, how you do it over and over again. You learn about releasing the biology of trauma, which changed my life. And when I started learning how to implement it, that's when I wanted to start teaching it. So I teach how to release that biology and breath work is part of, it ties into that. So the third step is reprogramming your thoughts and beliefs. So mm-hmm. once you create the space, then you can start to learn how to reprogram because talk therapy starts you there. You don't have any room to put some stuff in. Yeah. So I think of come home to yourself. It's kind of like a shot in the arm, right? Like it's yes, like first through the doors and get you going, get you moving, get you motivated. What I love about Awaken Mom Life is this, it comes in with the consistency and finding the parts you like the best. Learn a little, make some space, practice. A hundred percent. That consistency over a long period of time is why I myself am in Awaken Mom Life because I needed that to keep me taking little steps every day so that they can add up and accumulate. Do you know when you're going to start your next six-week session for program? Ooh, that's a good question. So my goal is in a month. So I would like to to start that in the beginning of February. I don't know if that's just a little bit ambitious, but I have you as my partner. So you're always good about keeping me on task, (laughs) bring me along. (laughs) We'll say tentatively at the beginning of February. So keep an eye out. We'll uh, we'll post links in the the description so that you can come to the website. We'll see if we can put down like a countdown timer for when we launch your six-week course. And then I just launched a new masterclass too, which is kind of like a mini introduction to all the stuff that we talk about, all the stuff that we teach and all the reasons that we do it during introductory price right now, $37. And it's kind of just a, hey, this is what we're all about. And this is why it's important and why it matters if you want to take the next step. That's a yeah. really good place to start if you're at all interested in working with us here at Awaken Mom Life. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Savannah, as always, for your insight. I appreciate you so much. Same. I love it. As we wrap up another empowering episode of the Awaken Mom Life podcast, remember your journey is valid. Your healing is within reach. If you found value in today's conversation, please share it with someone who might benefit and also leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts because this helps us get to more women who need to hear this message. Connect with us on social media and let's continue this transformative dialogue. Until next time, embrace the power within you and keep shining brightly on your path to healing.